Well, good morning, and uh, thank you all for, for tuning in. Thank you for joining online with us. We're uh, really happy that you're here. Again, uh, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, it's awesome to have this ability uh, to do that. I wanted to share with you, last night I had an interesting evening. Uh, I took part in a drive-by. Now, if I would have said that a couple of months ago, that would have meant a whole uh, different thing. But last night I took part in a drive-by um, graduation party for my niece. And so I get to, to give a good shout out to her. Uh, I've got the mic so I can shout out to uh, Emma, Nicole Stamper. Uh, we're proud of you, little girl, and uh, we're happy uh, for you. And I, I bet for the seniors, I want to give a shout out to all of the seniors uh, in this graduation season. I can guarantee one thing for you, you're going to remember the year that you graduated. You're going to have stories uh, to tell your grandkids later on. And so congratulations, we're proud of you, and uh, we're happy uh, for you as you've entered in this new phase uh, in your life. And so I wanted to, to mention, uh, Dan mentioned it uh, a little bit, we are going to reopen, we're preparing to reopen next week. Um, just like Dan said, if you are in a, in a demographic that makes you vulnerable at high risk, uh, we encourage you to stay home, if, even if you're just feeling a little intimidated by what's going on. Again, we're going to continue our live stream, and so that'll still be available for you. And I also wanted to state that we are taking every precaution that we can to keep the people that show up here next week very safe. We're going to be following guidelines. We're going to be sanitizing. Uh, we're going to do everything that we can uh, to make this a safe environment as we move cautiously and excitedly back into uh, in-person worship together. You know, I wanted to share something with you today, and it has to do with sharing. Sometimes I have a hard time just sharing. And I mean, for an example, the best example I can give you is that I cook basically most of the meals in our home. That's a long story about how that came about about 20 years ago. It had to do with my wife working some weird shifts, but it, but it kind of stuck, and so I'm cooking all of our meals. And, and I'm going to be real honest with you. Uh, sometimes when I do that, I kind of want to keep the best cut of meat for myself. And, and, and I want maybe, you know, the bigger portion. And so that's, just, I mean, that's my selfishness coming out in me, and I'm tempted to do that, and I want to tell you that I don't act on that all the time, but, but sometimes I do, because I have a problem with sharing. It's difficult for me to do sometimes, and I think if we're all honest with each other, that's something that we share in common, and uh, the reason I think that it's hard for us to share, you know, we have a problem just sharing our faith, and I think the reason that is is because it requires a sacrifice. We have to give a little bit of ourselves away uh, in order to share. And in our human nature, that's hard for us to do. And so sharing our faith is a very difficult thing to do. We've made it a difficult thing to do. And as a result, most of us never share our faith with other people. You know, there's a survey, I think it's a Barna survey, that says only about 5% of Christians will ever share their faith with someone else. 
And I believe that some churches in our country, there are a lot of churches, obviously, who have shut down. I, I was on a Zoom call with some ministers from around the country, and this concern was very real. We were concerned that a lot of churches that shut down for this virus will never open again. The statistics tell us that that's going to happen. The church in our country, even before this pandemic, was in decline. In the last decade, there were more churches that closed their door than were planted, again, over the last 10 years. And I, for one, I believe this is because there is a tragic silence about Jesus and our faith in our country. This series is called Moving When Nothing Else Is. And our community is slowly starting to move again. But, but we've been asking this question of you during this, this series. Are you moving and growing in your faith? The first week, we talked about connecting, about the process of becoming a disciple by connecting to Jesus' church, the one that he built here on this earth. Last week, Randy talked about growing in our faith and entering into the state of being a disciple. And today, I'm going to talk about sharing our faith and about how that is the process of making disciples that make disciples. All that pretty much sums up the calling that we have. You know, today's message is really simple. Why do we share? What do we share? And who do we share it with? And we're going to try to throw in a, a little how-to here and there to help you in sharing your faith with other people. Because sharing, really, it's just simply it's the process of making disciples. It's a process of reproducing ourselves in others. And when we do that, that's how the church grows. And if we stop making disciples, if we fail to do that, then the church could cease to exist. And so it's, it's, there's a lot at stake, but sometimes I think we just make sharing our faith too complicated. It really isn't that complicated. Discipling is just sharing our lives with other people and leading them spiritually. It's just that simple. And maybe it'll help us in talking about this to review the, the who, what, and the why about all of this. So one question I want to start off with is, why do we share Jesus? Why do we share Jesus? It's a simple answer. It's because it's a command. In Matthew 28, Jesus said this. He said, all authority on heaven and earth is given to me. Now, I want you to stop and think about the gravity of that statement. Stop and, and put yourself in the shoes of the people that are hearing this. This is on a mountain. Some people believe Mount Arbel that's overlooking the Sea of Galilee. When Jesus said, all the authority of heaven and earth has been given to me. Now, these witnesses that heard Jesus say that, they were eyewitnesses to a man crushed on a cross and his body buried in the ground and then him resurrected to life. Do you think Jesus had their attention? I think he did. I think he did. And, and he told them this. He said, now, therefore, because you know this, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son 
and the Holy Spirit and teach them the commands that I taught you. And when you do this, I'll be with you forever. This is what we've titled the Great Commission. Do you know Jesus never called it that? And sometimes I have a a little problem with calling it the Great Commission because it's not a one-time thing. It's it's an everyday thing for everybody who calls Him Savior. It's an everyday commission. Jesus was saying, as you go, as you live your daily lives, make disciples. And that's what He's calling us to do. And we don't have to be alone. Jesus is with us at every step when we're sharing our faith, when we're making disciples of the nations as He's commanded us to do. And you know, the results really aren't on us. What people decide isn't on us, but we're commanded to tell people about Jesus. And we don't do it, we're not supposed to do it just because we're commanded to do it. We're supposed to do it out of love. The, the, what what uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians, he says, for Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that one, that Jesus Christ died for all. Jesus said people will take note because of our love for one another, that they're going to be impressed about our genuine concern for our brothers and our sisters. It's the visible expression of our faith to love one another. And folks, I don't believe we really can't profess to love Jesus if we don't have enough love for our fellow man to tell them about Him. We can't say that we love Jesus if we don't tell people about Him. So what's another reason that we share? It's because, folks, the stakes are high. The stakes are high. Jesus said, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. You know, that's the good news of those verses. The second sentence is a little more hard to swallow. It says, but whoever does not believe in him will be condemned. See, sometimes we pick and choose those verses of of, uh, joy, of things that we want to hear. But Jesus is saying that the people who don't accept him are condemned. People's eternities depend on it. To be Christians, we acknowledge that there is a heaven and that there's a hell. And we also acknowledge that it's each individual's final destination. Their final destination depends on how they address Jesus. It depends on what decision they make about Him. And I don't want to sound harsh, but I I hope that everyone out there listening, I hope that you don't hate people enough that you would spare them about Jesus, that you wouldn't tell them about Him, that you would hope that they would go to hell. I hope that that's not in your heart. If that is, then I would question and wonder if you have the love of Christ in you at all. To have the love of Christ in us means we should want everybody to go to heaven. That's the love of Christ that compels us. God puts you in the lives of people in your circle of concern to point them to Jesus. That's our purpose. That's why we're here. Another reason that we need to share is the fact that we're sent. 
A few uh, weeks ago, B.C., that is before Corona, we did a sermon series called Sent. And we talked about how it's every believer's job. Every believer is sent to share the good news of Jesus Christ. I love the way Paul put it. He said, therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, God making his appeal through us. There's no pressure in that at all. Paul said some are sent to preach. Some are sent to teach. Some are sent to be missionaries. Everybody is, there's a lot of people that are sent to do different things. But all of us are sent to save someone. And we fail Jesus if we don't accept his call to share his message. One day I think we're going to be held accountable. We're going to have to give an account for how we obeyed to Jesus' command. We're going to have to answer for the fruit that we've borne in our lives. So if we're willing to share, then what do we share? What are we supposed to share? You know, sometimes we just make this way too complicated. We don't have to be biblical scholars. We don't have to be professional apologetists. We don't have to be that way. We don't have to have a master's in divinity to share God's message. And we can't force people to accept it. We can't do that. Only God can soften a heart towards the truth. But he's not going to do that if we don't take the initiative. So what do we share? We share the gospel. We share the good news of Jesus. See, I don't think everybody truly understands the real Jesus and what he requires of us. All we have to do is share the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. And I've got a few bullet points to share with you about how we can do this. The gospel, gospel can be shared with these following really simple steps. The first thing is we need to tell people about God's plan for peace and for life. That God loves us and he wants us to enter into a relationship with him. That's hard for me to understand. Why does the creator of the universe want to have a relationship with me as bad as I am? But what he wants most of all for us is the experience and the peace of an eternal life. He has a plan for all of us. The second thing, we need to tell people about their problem. Problem is sin. You know, how can we, how can we improve if we don't acknowledge what our problem is. I mean, we have to admit that we're sinners. Sin separates us from God. Being at peace with God is not an automatic thing either because we've got a sin nature. We have this propensity to sin. It's, it's built within us. We made that decision at the beginning of time. And that sin, it breaks our relationship with God. See, God is a holy and a just God, and we're human. So there's no way we can live up to the standards of God. We can't do that on our own. Paul said that everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all missed the mark, and that's what sin means. That's the definition of sin, is to miss the mark. And by God's standards, we deserve death. 
for that. That's the problem. But Jesus offers the gift of eternal life. And it's nothing that we can earn, and it's only through Him that we can receive that. The next thing we need to do is we need to tell people about God's remedy for this problem that we have that seems so hopeless. We need to tell people about the cross. God's love is a bridge that helps, that helps bring that gap, that helps us cross that gap, to cross that chasm that separates us from Him. Jesus said, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall never perish but have eternal life. And that, my friends, is the greatest love story that's ever been told. Peter said, He Himself bore our sins in His body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live by righteousness. By His wounds... You've been healed. That's the solution to everyone's problem. The love of Christ and His sacrifice on the cross. Next, we need to tell people how to respond. We need to tell people that they need to receive Christ. This offer of love and reconciliation, it's available to everyone. It's available to you all, even the people that you maybe can't stand, even the people that maybe disagree with you. It's available to everyone. But only those that respond will be saved. So our response to this, first we have to believe. We have to believe that Jesus is the Son of the living God, that He is the Christ. We need to believe that in our hearts as the truth. Next, we're supposed to repent from our sins. That's, that's a process. That's not a one-time thing either. Repenting means to turn away. Turn away from our spent sins and send our lifetime, spend our lifetime moving away from our sins and moving closer to Jesus. And we have to confess verbally. That Jesus is who He claims to be. That He's the Messiah. And then we're to be baptized. We're to be baptized just as Jesus exemplified for us and as He's commanded us to do. You know, sometimes when we're sharing our faith, if you've done this and you've experienced it, uh, sometimes it feels like it's hard for us to kind of close the deal. You know, sometimes I think maybe we should just ask, you know, what do you think about what I've told you? You know, does, does this make sense? Are, are you willing to give your life to Christ? And if not, what's holding you back? This is the gospel that brings people into a right relationship with God. That's what Jesus' story does. And folks, it is the only way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now that's a pretty divisive statement in our world today. That's the most controversial statement that we can say. That the only road to heaven is through Jesus Christ. But those are His words, not mine. That is the only way we can come to the Father. 
We're all called to share how the gospel saved our lives too. We need to share our story. That's a great place for us to start. Your salvation is a miracle. That was a supernatural event that happened in your life. And that needs to be shared with people. And that needs to be celebrated. So, so people can disagree with your view on the Bible, but how can they really argue about your experience with God? How can they do that? They can't really make that happen. That's a personal story between you and the creator of the universe. And it's a powerful story. And it's a miraculous story. You know, I want to suggest, maybe you should write that down. Maybe you should write down your story. Maybe that'll help you prepare to share that with someone else. The way you came to the foot of the cross. And about who brought you there. Because I'm going to guarantee that in your story, other people led you to Jesus. Other people led you to Him. And that's my whole point, is you need to be that someone for someone else. It can't just stop with you. Be that someone for someone else in your circle of concern. So who do we share the gospel with? The easiest answer is everybody. We should share with everyone. We should certainly share the gospel with the lost. With people who have never accepted Christ. Who have never given their lives to Him. Jesus said He came and, seek, and came to seek that was lost. To seek and save that was lost. And that's what we're supposed to do. And Jesus invites us into that mission. That's exciting if you ask me. There are lost people among us everywhere. People who maybe grew up in the church but have never accepted Jesus. People who have never even really heard the real message of Christ. You know, I try to read a lot, and what some people's perception of Christianity is really flawed. Some really smart people just don't get the real message of Jesus. And so they need to hear it, and they need to hear it from you. The people that are lost, they don't look lost, they look normal. But deep inside, they're spiritually lost. Inside, what you're seeing on the surface, that's just kind of a facade. Because in their hearts, they're lost. And if they never find their way to Christ, then they're lost eternally. And so the pressure really is on. You know, when we, when we, see, we see people, it's not our call to judge them. That's not us, ours to do. Condemning them eternally isn't our job. That's not what we're called to be. We're not supposed to be judges, but we do need to be honest with ourselves and see them as lost people or we will never approach them with the gospel. Another group we need to tell the gospel to, we need to give the good news to, are the religious lost. Now this one scares me a little bit. This one makes me nervous because the worst type of lost is being lost and not knowing it. Jesus said this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did, did I not prophesy in your name? Did I not drive out demons in your name? Did I not perform miracles? 
then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoer. That's scary. See, a person may know the Bible from front to back and still be lost. They may talk the talk, and they may believe that they're safe, but they could still be lost. They may do great things. They may do wonderful service projects. They may be caring people and profess to give God all the glory, but still be lost. Not my words, Jesus' words. So what separates the true believer from the religious lost? Jesus said it in these verses. He said, the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven is a true believer. And we all need to honestly search our hearts and ask this question. Am I truly doing the will of the Father? It's God's will that we bear fruit. And the fruit that Jesus describes in the Bible are other souls. That's what we're called to do. We can't make judgment again about the salvation of other people, but we do need to encourage people who have strayed away. People who maybe have been a part of church forever, who've had a wonderful relationship, and, and then they've just kind of faded away from it. We need to encourage people to rejuvenate their relationship with Jesus. I know you know people like that. I know several people who have just kind of wandered away. We need to be their friends. And we need to encourage them to get back into this right relationship with God. To get back into the important business of doing God's will. We also need to share with other believers. We need to encourage people who may be a little farther along their path than we are. And we certainly need to come alongside people who are at about the same pace that we are as well. But we really need to be partnering with those that aren't quite as far along as we are on our journey. We need to be mentoring them. We need to be investing in their lives. This was Jesus' mission 2,000 years ago, and it's our mission today. Jesus commissions up us to continue his ministry until that day that he returns. And then on that day, we're going to have to give an account for how we've obeyed. Again, we're going to have to answer for that. We need to share our faith by becoming disciple makers. Growing in our faith and living in the state of being a disciple. We also need to share with others. And that's the highest calling that we could ever have. And God honors us by commissioning us to join in His ministry. To wrap up, I want to give you some, some pieces of advice that I think are important in sharing our faith and seeing fruit in our lives. First is we need to earn the right to be heard. Now that means that we need to be friends with everybody as much as it's possible for us. Some people aren't going to want to be our friends. But we need to make that attempt. That attempt. See, we've made the mistake. I've made the mistake in my life. I've, if I've learned anything in the past decade, it's this. The people that don't accept God's plan. The people that don't agree with me on this. 
See, sometimes back, back if, you know, 10 years ago, maybe even sooner than that, I would have thought those people are my enemy. I need to separate myself from them. But that's not true. They're not your enemy just because they disagree with your theology. They are candidates for God's salvation. And we need to befriend them if it's possible for us to do. See, because when we enter into a relationship with somebody, they're going to be willing to listen to you. If I'm barking at them from across the room, they don't care about what I say. But if I'm in a relationship with them, if I'm in a loving relationship with them, then they're willing to listen to me. So don't make Jesus look like a jerk by the way you live your life, by the way you live out the gospel. Don't do that. That's not what we're called to do. Live out the true gospel in your life, and people will be attracted to it. Next is ask God for opportunities and ask for his help. We have a powerful resource in the Holy Spirit, and we can call on him at any time. So before you approach someone, before you try to engage in a spiritual conversation with someone, pray to God, and then be expectant that he's going to give you the words to say. And lastly, folks, be brave. Sharing our faith sometimes scares the life out of us. We're afraid of being rejected. We're afraid of being criticized. We're afraid of being ostracized. But you have the greatest message ever to share. And you're sent by Christ to do it. Again, Paul said, we are ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become and see the righteousness of God. Folks, I don't know if you've noticed, but we've been living in a fearful time for the last couple of months. I mean, it's scary. Just watching the news every day can scare the life out of you about what's going on in our country. But I really think it's time that we remember the fearlessness of Jesus. That He boldly approached the cross. And He was broken on that cross for us. And sometimes I think that we discount the fact that Jesus was human. We, we know that Jesus is God, but the Bible says He was human and like us in every way. And it's in His humanity that He approached that horrible death on the cross, and He did it boldly. And folks, Jesus embraced the unembraceable. Jesus touched the lepers of the time. And folks, their social distancing was pretty extreme. They didn't just have to stay six feet away from each other. They were cast out of the city to live among other people, separate from their families, and that's where they died. But yet Jesus touched them. Not just that, Jesus embraced them. He boldly embraced people that no one else would come near. Jesus tells us time and time again in His Word that we don't need to worry, that we need to be fearless. He tells us that our bodies, they can be destroyed. People can kill us, but they can't touch our souls. He died for us so that we wouldn't have a fear of the grave. 
And we don't need to forget that. Now, I'm not saying we need to go out and be reckless. Don't get me wrong. But we should be boldly sharing. The only thing that really saves anyone from what the world throws at us, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, the doors of the building on 320 Hope Lane have been locked for a couple of months. And you know, they could permanently lock those doors. They could tear this building down. And the church will go on. Jesus said that he built his church. He constructed the church on earth. And like I shared a couple of weeks ago, the gates of hell can't overcome it. What do we have to be afraid of? We have the mighty master on our side. And his church is not going anywhere.